Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, today we look at the best coach-quarterback combo in NFL history. And nope, sorry, not talking about Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston. Hey, everybody, <laughs> it's the Rick and Tom podcast. Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times, along with our producer, Steve Versnick. And Rick, of course... I'm talking about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady as they head back to the Super Bowl. Anybody else in the discussion? I know you're a 49ers guy. You kind of like Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. But as Belichick and Brady, is it even a discussion anymore, do you think? No, not now. I mean, just, you know, they got the hardware, right? So, I mean, Lombardi and Starr. I mean, that's the only other Brad one besides Shaw and Walsh. Noel. I mean, yeah, they nah. won four, but they weren't really – they were really simpatico. No, um, and it's not like and it's not like Bradshaw. I mean, he, there right. were nine other Hall of Famers on that team. Yeah. Um, there were, and I'm you know, other than Walsh, Montana, yeah. trying to think. You know, saying you mentioned Star Lombardi, uh, Shula Unitas. I don't. I mean, it's. I mean, we're, you have to really go back. Uh, you know, Landry Staubach. I mean, I can't think of anybody really that that would be in a conversation other than I. I you know, I listened for a minute on on Bill Walsh and Joe Montana. Just because you're talking about it's almost the same number of Super Bowls, but boy, yeah. Belichick and Brady, when you start looking at their numbers, Rick, it's just amazing. Yeah, and it's getting you know, I, I was talking to somebody today just about I, I think we're you know, so many people outside of New England just are tired of the Patriots, right? Yeah, but sure. I, I think that, you know, if you really appreciate greatness, I mean, they're almost making it they're almost cheapening the effort in a way, in that <laughs> In that they they do it every year, and and people will never understand until this dynasty is over. They'll never really truly appreciate what they've accomplished. I was looking today at it, you know. I mean, just just for example, to give you an idea how long this has been going on. Okay, uh, Doug Peterson, the coach of the Eagles, who's going to coach against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, right? Fifty-two. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, he quarterbacked the Cleveland Browns against Bill Belichick's Patriots in 2000 when they started. That's amazing. I mean, he quarter, he's 49 years old, and he, he beat them. Uh, it was the only losing season that Belichick had with the Patriots his first year. He, was, he won five games, I think, that year. And then from then on, they did not have a losing season, not one. <laughs> and they've made the playoffs, you know, well, I don't know, 16 times, I think, out of 18 years or something like that. Um, but it's just remarkable that, you know, that now they're playing Brady and Belichick, you know, in their eighth Super Bowl. And it's almost every other year for, I mean, on average for, for, for the, yeah, for the, 16, for Joe, I mean, for Joe yeah. Montana or for, uh, Tom Brady, the yeah. number that really blew me away, Rick, and that's, if that number doesn't blow you away, I don't know what will, I mean, half the, half of his career has been in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The other number is how many times they've been in the AFC championship game, which I think I, I want to say the number is like 12. Yeah. Out of 16 years, which is absolutely remarkable. One of the years he didn't make it was one of the years he didn't play. He got hurt in the, in the first right. game, and they went 11-5. and five. Um, mm-hmm. So when you, when you think about it, not only are you getting into the playoffs, you're winning at least one playoff game, which you can, you can downgrade how bad their division is over the years, and, and maybe they had either easier paths than, than other teams have had. But, boy, mm-hmm. you, you can't fake your way into to winning playoff games, and that's, they're winning one every year, I mean, at least one. 
if not two or three. That's and what it me like. And I mean, when you when you go back, you know, and you look at um, Brady and you know, sort of what he's done in terms of coming from behind. I mean, I think he's got something like six fourth quarter comebacks, trailing by ten points or more. Um, you know, I mean, it's just every record you can you can summon and. Um, you know, it, it, it just get, I, I just think that people will not really appreciate it, especially in a salary cap era when, when the only constant is the quarterback. You know, you think about the cast that they've had and, the, you know, sort of no-name receivers throughout the years and just, just every variable you can think of. And yet, um, you know, somebody was saying, like, you know, why shouldn't he keep playing? I mean, he's still the best, he's still the best in the game, you know, even at age, at age 40. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, t- I just, I marvel at it because I'm in the NFL covering a team that is sort of the anti-Patriots, if you will. They managed to <laughs> go so many years without making the playoffs or having a winning season um, that it's staggering to me because I, because I know, you know, I sort of know what it, what it's taken. I mean, I remember the really good Bucks teams that, you know, probably 10, 12 year run there. Um, they made two championship games, you know, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And won Super Bowl and won it. Um, and then you think about, you know, the other thing is like how close they came in those Super Bowls um, to either winning them all or, or possibly losing them all. Because, well, sure, yeah. I mean, they had two on last second field goals, right, by Adam Benetieri, mm-hmm. including the first one with Brady against the Rams. Another one against Carolina ended that way. Then you think about the Seattle game, right? And mm-hmm. then you think about an overtime game that they trailed, you know, 28 um, to 3. 28 to 3. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, all those were Super Bowl wins, you know, and then, of course. And yet two. they'll and yet they'll point to boy if D- David, you know, Tyree doesn't have Velcro oh, yeah. attached to his head, they win sure. that Super Bowl. There was another sure. Giants game; it was a close one. They could they could have won eight. You know, That's correct. It's all over. Uh, it's it's been absolutely remarkable. And Rick, you hit on something that I think is is truly stunning about this run, is that when you look back at say the old Steelers of the seventies, it was. Yeah, you had Nolan, you had Bradshaw, but you also had the same guys every year, Lambert and Ham and Harris and Mel Blunt and Mean Joe Green and on and on. Those guys all played on that team. There were 10 Hall of Famers. They were there for the entire time. Or you look at the at the um, at San Francisco, and they had not only did they have Montana and then later uh, Steve Young, but Jerry Rice was there through the whole thing. And John Taylor, like most of those guys, the core of that team was there for pretty much Ronnie Lott, pretty much the entire time. And even the Cowboys of the of the 90s, which was sort of sure. the team of the 90s. You had Aikman and Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin mm-hmm. and Deion Sanders. I mean, those guys were there for, and, and a great offensive line for the whole mm-hmm. time. And a ton of Hall of Famers. I look at this Patriots team, Rick, and as you mentioned, there's nobody left from the from the first team that was there no. other than Tom Brady. And I, and I don't know. We'd have to go through the list, and I'm sure there are more than I'm giving credit for. Other than maybe Randy Moss, who was only there for a very short time, I don't know that they had that many Hall of Famers on this team. On this run, they've had a they've had some great players. Don't get me wrong, but and yeah. maybe end up more guys will make it than I realize. But yeah. maybe Gronk will make it someday. But sure. I'm looking. It's not like they, this team is loaded with with eight, ten Hall of Famers. I don't think. No, and and I think that you know this gets into the whole. And I, look, they they don't hit on every draft pick. And if you go back and kind of look at their drafts, you know some of them are are not that stellar. Um, but I will say that you know the key. The key has been Belichick in terms of personnel and, and, and in terms of establishing what is a program that a lot, let's face it, a lot of people from, you know, uh, I mean, 
Charlie Weiss and all the GMs, you know, Jason Lights and you know the people at John Robinsons and all the ones that you see around the NFL now from that that Patriot Street, they've all gone out and tried to duplicate that, you know, because they they sort of, you know, had the secret sauce or or at least worked in the organization, and no one has quite been able to do it the way Belichick has because, for whatever reason, he just is able to identify, sort of, you know players that he can use in certain ways but he never does it the same way in other words you know he will coach to his talent more better than anybody that's ever done it you know he will not ask a guy to do something he can't do um he'll change schemes if that's what's required and and yet it just always seems to work you know they just you know just like the other night i mean you remember james harrison um, you know, was you know played maybe forty snaps I think all year for the Steelers, and they mm-hmm. yeah. they basically let him go. And the Steelers were sort of laughing at the fact that the Patriots would pick this guy up, and yet he had a big, huge sack at a key time against the Jaguars, you know, in the AFC Championship game. I mean, that's the sort of thing. You know, Stephon Gilmore was a, was a free agent that that anybody could have had. They they overpaid him, um, and he struggled early on, but he comes back and makes the play of the year. You know, to probably keep that last ditch pass that that was looked like it was going to go for a touchdown tips the ball away. So I mean, that's sort of you just see these guys show up in moments, and and they're not all household names, and they're just dudes sometimes. But man, does he does he know how to put players in position to do what they're capable of doing? It's amazing. And just the little things as well. I was talking to Tom Bassinger, who works for our paper, about this today, and there was a story he brought up a story that I think Monday Morning Quarterback did a little while ago. And that is Bill Belichick sought out a left-footed kicker, punter, a left-footed punter, mm-hmm. because the ball rotates differently off of a left-footed punter, and yeah. it makes it more difficult for the other team to return kicks because mm-hmm. they're so concentrated on make the catch before they actually start moving. I don't know if he goes out purposely, but it seemed like that was sort of the idea that, hey, if I'm going to get a left-footed punter and he's going to kick just as good as a right-footed punter, I'll take the left-footed guy. Because it might throw off the other team a little bit. It's little things like that, Rick. That I don't, I've never even thought of something like that. Nobody yeah. thinks of these things. Or remember the end of the Super Bowl where Butler stepped in sure. uh, and, and intercepted the, the Russell Wilson pass on a play that nobody saw coming. Nobody mm-hmm. would have imagined that they would throw the ball in that situation. And here they were on the day before, right? I believe on their walkthrough the day before, yeah. actually practicing that play, which mm-hmm. he had screwed up. In practice earlier in the week, and then that turns out to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and here's you know it's it's stuff like that where you look at it and just say this is this, these people are on another level. Well, there's a thirty for thirty coming out called about the two Bills, Bill Parcells and and, uh, and Belichick, and about their relationship that I can't wait to see. It's fascinating, apparently. And I was reading some of the some of the excerpts about it, and, and what you know what what Parcells said was that. You know, without question, Belichick was the best X's and O's guys. Like he was far better uh, than even Parcells was to the point where, you know, there were games that they, you know, they're playing Detroit and, um, you know, sort of a run and shoot offense. And Bill wanted to play, you know, his base defense. He wanted to play nickel or dime or whatever. And Parcells thought he was crazy and wound up shutting him out 20 to nothing. And, you know, just things like that. And yet Parcells sort of let Belichick in early as a defensive coordinator on some of the problems that he faced as a head coach with whether it was personal problems with players or, or different things. And, you know, and, and I think Belichick sort of became a lot better at that than he was early in his career, you know, as far as handling the head coaching part of it and, and, and dealing with, with players. But there's no question he might be strategically, you know, just his ability to – because they, 
you know, some some games, if, if, if Brady has to throw it 55 times, he will. Other games, if he has to throw it 25 times, he will. I've never, you know, in football, it's a, you're always talking about what is a team's identity. Exactly. You know, like what do they do? Are they a run team? Are they two tight end, one back? Are they three wide receiver? You know, like what are they? They're anything they want to be. Mm-hmm. They're whatever it takes to win that day. And, <laughs> their identity just, is we win games. That's, that's Yeah, that, that's and their that identity. is exactly what Belichick has said, and, and, and that's – that's it. It does. It doesn't matter to them how they do it or what you do. Um, their goal and their only goal is is you know to get the win. Stats don't matter. Nothing matters. Look, I only see them from what we see, which from what they show us. Press conferences. Sure. We don't get to see them. The, and just based on that, based on nothing else, Rick. Both of these guys are weird freaking dudes to me. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is a weird guy, and Tom Brady. I don't know what he is. I don't think he's human. He's something. He's weird. The fact that though that no, aren't they? I mean, they're both kind of weird. I mean, he's, well, he, Tom Brady's got this goofy diet; doesn't eat tomatoes or what? I don't. He, well, that's I don't new. know what he's doing. <laughs> and that's that's within the last few years with Alex Guerrero, the TB12 diet. But yeah, I mean, I I think you know there was a, an interview with Tony Gonzalez, the tight end. He used to play, of course, Hall of Famer um, to be from uh, uh, the Chiefs and the in yeah, the, yeah. the Falcons. He was talking about, you know, the weirdest thing about Brady is here's a guy, and we've kind of said this a little bit, but not as well as he did, but sort of, you know, the weirdest thing is here's a guy who has, you know, is a model himself with a with a supermodel wife and, you know, all kinds of money and, and, and you know, established himself as a goat and all that stuff. Sure. And yet at age 40, um, you know, he's willing to sacrifice so much. Of his of what he could be doing, which is which is anything he wants, except football, and he's and he's willing to do it. And like Gonzalez says, he goes, "Look, my last year, I caught eighty nine passes, right, and I went to the Pro Bowl." And he goes, "It wasn't that I couldn't still play." He goes, "That was never the issue. The issue was what did I want to do, and what did I want to sacrifice of my life at that point to still do it, you know?" Right. Mm-hmm. And Brady is willing to to put everything else on hold at an age when a lot of guys, you know, just I mean cuz every year even the even the New England Patriots go right back down to the bottom of the mountain and they're back in OTAs and they're back in mini camps and they're back in training camps and you know, you got to win your division and 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 it, and you may say well they certainly they take it for granted now but they really don't. I mean they're like everybody else they got to go through the grind of an off season and the training he does is not fake. You know, guys that have come from other places that thought, you know, here's this pretty boy. I really want to what he's really like. And then they get in the building and they realize he's just eaten up with with the competing and just, you know, working harder than everybody else. And they see this guy and and they can't believe that for all that he has going for him, why he's so driven to do what he does and do it so well. It's a, it's remarkable. I heard an interview with Ross Tucker, who played, you know, he's an NFL, NFL lineman. Yeah. Now, he's, now he's a good, really good broadcaster. And he was talking about he'd never seen anybody practice like Tom Brady practiced. And he was telling Dan Patrick, he said, there's, a, there's a, you know, you go out before practice and, and the centers will snap the ball to the quarterback, just, you know, and they'll mm-hmm. lightly throw it. He said, it's a thing you, you do every practice. You don't even think about it. Yep. He said, I used to get out there and do it, and Brady would jump me, he said. He said, that this snap's got to be perfect. He goes, Tom, we're in practice. It's like we're goofing off. We're in He goes, I don't care. It can't be good. can't be great. It needs to be perfect because if I'm thinking about how I'm taking the snap, then something's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And he said, it wasn't, because he wasn't a jerk about it, but he, it was that habit of, look, let's erase all distractions, including 
how that ball's getting into my hand. I want that mm-hmm. should be an automatic. And he said that's little stuff like that that he would do every day. And you'd mm-hmm. say, this guy, he loves to, pra- apparently he loves to practice yes. as much as he loves to play, which apparently was a reason why some people in New England were a little freaked out. And oh, he yeah. was freaked out about missing practice last week on Thursday because it's just not part of his routine. No, guys like that, they want to take every rep. They don't want to miss anything, especially before a big game in AFC Championship game. You know, the more we hear about that injury, I mean, it sounds, I mean, they were very fortunate in, in some respects. And, you know, Belichick was funny after the game. He kind of downplays it. Look, you didn't have heart surgery. Let's not, you know, get carried away. <laughs> and Brady was was sort of like, hey, you know, I just threw for almost 300 yards and won the game. I don't want to be arrogant and say that, you know, I had my C game like Tiger Woods after he, you know, right. lapped the Masters field or something. <laughs> but, um, but it, you know, it was a significant cut, and it, and I guess his, his, his thumb got bent back and to the point where he could have, you know, torn ligaments in there. And it could have – I mean, can you imagine – what what that would have been the stories that that we would be looking at if if you know they trade away Jimmy Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer has to start an AFC Championship oh game. Gosh. I mean that that you know that would have been weird. But but you know as, as it turns out, of course, it was no trouble and he was precise. But you're right, a guy like that wants to take every rep, and and there is just you know there's no one that's been quite like him um, in terms of his just his motivation and um, setting the tone and all that. So. Um, how long will he do it? And and you know, you go back. I I know I'm going to go to the Super Bowl um, next Sunday, and and the talk is still going to be about the Palace intrigue and just how long these guys are going to stay together. Rick, you and I did a radio show for what almost five years, and we've mm-hmm. known each other for a long time. And we did a, a radio show every day. We would see each other for three hours five days a week, and probably two of those days we were ready to kill each other uh, on a regular basis. If these two guys have been around for 16 years, (laughs) Mm -hmm. 17 years. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. With one another, spend a lot more than three hours a day with one another. Are you buying this? Hey, maybe they had a little bit of a, you know, you know power play. Uh, that that Brady wanted Garoppolo gone. That Belichick didn't want to trade Garoppolo. He eventually wanted to move on from Brady. Are you buying any of this? I mean, there's a big story. Seth Wickersham from from ESPN wrote this story. Uh, I would find it hard to believe that they didn't have a bit of a butting of the heads because they've been together for so long. I think it's possible that it was it was maybe not as um, significant as as it was maybe made out to be. Now, I'm not saying that Wickersham. You know, exaggerate anything. I mean, apparently there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of its factual base. But you know, it started with you know, there's several on several levels. There was some, some you know, rift with with uh, this you know the trainer Alex Guerrero who right. you know has his own ideas about how to heal injuries with the quarterback. And then you know because of Tom's nutrition and his success and longevity, other players you know want to want to start training with Alex or or get on the same diet or you know, he had access to the facility, and then pretty soon, you know, you do have a staff that you've hired that works for the Patriots and not just Tom Brady. 
Um, so that became some kind of a schism or so, you know, so it was reported. Um, so, I mean, I could see where certain things, you know, might, might start to, might start to seep in, um, you know, with Belichick or something like that. But, but the bigger, you know, in the bigger picture, I mean, nobody's going to get along every day and it doesn't seem like Belichick, you know, is necessarily, you know, all fun and games ever. So (laughs) uh, I'm sure he's different with players, but you know. Yeah, I, I do think there's something to it. And I and I think and I think the biggest thing was probably however the decision came down that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to be traded and that Tom Brady, according to Bob Kraft it would appear, um is going to be the quarterback until he decides he's not. Mm-hmm. Until Tom Brady decides he's not. I could see where that would rankle a guy who's who's got every control of personnel that's ever been and has shown no hesitancy to get rid of players a year or two early, knowing that, you know, they're they're at the very end of their careers, and he and he has a replacement in 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 tow, and and look, Garoppolo looks for all the world like, you know, the next really good quarterback, if not great. I mean, is there any in your mind, if Tom Brady were to have retired a year ago, and Jimmy Garoppolo had taken over, do you think that? that the Patriots would not have made the AFC Championship game? No, they'd be there again. They'd be there again. I absolutely believe 100% that Jimmy Garoppolo, because I saw Bill Belichick take Matt Castle and, and sure. go 11 and 5, and then Matt Castle left there and, had, and didn't do anything after he left uh, New England. Right. No, I absolutely believe Jimmy Garoppolo would have gone on. And, and I don't know, would they have won Super Bowls? Maybe not right Maybe away. Maybe not. Maybe you're right, not though. Five, but no. You know. Look, I tell you what. I saw Jimmy Garoppolo go to a San Francisco team that was awful. Mm-hmm. They had won mm-hmm. what one game or whatever it was, and by yeah. the time it was over, they had won uh, several Six. games. Yeah, in so, a row, single handedly. You know, basically. he's never lost a start in his career. That's incredible, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's yeah. incredible. He's and not I, a bad quarterback. I would not have been surprised if Bill Belichick was looking ahead and saying, "Look, you know, hey, not, I don't know how long how much how long Bill Belichick wants to 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 coach, but there has to be Rick deep down, Bill Belichick and maybe Tom Brady both. There's got to be a little bit of of ego involved where because there's a, and we'll get into this debate as we get closer to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which one's more responsible for right. this run? Was it Belichick or was it Brady? But you would think that Bill Belichick would love not not only be to, to keep winning, and maybe I don't know how long how much longer he wants to coach, but I'm sure he would love to move on to Jimmy Garoppolo and keep winning Super Bowls for another six or seven years, and show, hey, you know, maybe I have, maybe I have something to do with this. Now I don't think they sit or sit around thinking about that. I don't think, you know, they're 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 fighting each other for credit. But I'm sure Bill Belichick's looking at this and said, man, I could win. I could keep going for another 10 years if I choose to. Well, you can Jimmy coach Rappel. a lot longer than you can play, and sure. uh, even, though, even though Brady is doing everything he can to shatter that myth. But <laughs> it, it seems as if most people, you know, I mean, that's one thing in talking, you know, about, I mean, these players usually have smaller windows than what Tom has, but there will come a time when Brady will decide or his body will decide that he's not going to play anymore, and Belichick could coach – probably another five years, whenever that time comes. Um, and so it's going to happen, you know. So I don't know that I don't know that Belichick sits around thinking, hey, it's me and I don't get the credit as long as I have Tom. I think he sits around thinking, you know, how many Super Bowls can I win with this quarterback because that's, that's who I got, you know. And when the next guy comes around, he'll try to win with him. Um, but it's, it's such an unbelievable ride that, it's almost to the point now, though, where I think both of them understand, because each one is the last one. You know that, right? Like, like this is the last one. 
or next year might be the last <laughs> one. Yeah. But it's coming. You know what I mean? Like they're going to get they're going to run out of time together. I mean, and for as much as it seems automatic, we all know it's not. So, you know, I think I think they to see the emotion that Belichick had after that game, I thought that was rare. Yeah. You know, I thought it really was. And yet this might have been the easiest I mean, when you think about who they played, look, is Jacksonville even in this game if Deshaun Watson doesn't get hurt, if Andrew Probably Luck not. isn't playing football? You know what I'm saying? Um, and and then, you know, prior to that, they, they play the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? It's, with, no, it's with, not. No, they, they, I mean, this wasn't I mean, very difficult. It was not a hard run for them, thanks to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. Um, so, and yet they still had to, you know, still had to come back. 10 down in the fourth quarter. You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo because and part of the the story that also has come out over this whole, you know, Palace intrigue was that Tom Brady might not have been the greatest mentor in the world, that he really didn't have much time for Jimmy Garoppolo, didn't didn't yeah. work with him, you know, that he was pretty much, hey, I'm the starter, you're the backup. You yeah. and it didn't work with him. Issue with that? Any problem with that? No. No, because I'm telling you, um, I, that doesn't mean that that you know. I, first of all, I don't think it's his job, you know, to to yeah. groom a guy to take your job. Look, football is such a weird thing, and I didn't get this because I didn't play it in high school and all that stuff, or, or youth league. But man, I've covered it now for thirty years, it seems, and um, and my son played it, and I got to see it firsthand from ten years old and through high school. It's the only. I mean, this is true as you get even in baseball. When I got to Arkansas State, and you get higher in the levels, you realize this, but particularly in football. You cannot miss a rep. Like, the day you're not at practice is the day some other guy gets a look and some coach likes him. Mm-hmm. And, sure. you know, it's it's just, you know, and when you get to the level these guys are at, you know, really the starters, people don't understand that when you get in a regular season and they go to practice, the starters get all the reps. I mean, sometimes they may not. If you're a backup, the job is you got to sit there and kind of work some scout squad stuff, but you're not running your offense and – if you get anything, it's by the grace of, of the head coach and the starter saying, okay, take a rep. Mm-hmm, um, right. it, it's just really rare. And so, you know, Favre didn't do it with Rodgers. Um, I wouldn't expect Brady. But but then again. I don't, I don't think Montana did it with Steve Young either. Oh, no. No, 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 no. And, and it doesn't make anybody a bad guy. I was just curious. No, your take but on by it. the same token, you I mean, you're sitting there watching greatness. Sure. You know, like I don't have to tell you what to do. Watch me, you right. know. And if you do what I do, you're going to have a pretty good career. And I think that in each case, whether it was Rodgers or, you know, or whomever, Steve Young, I mean, they'll all tell you how much they learn from watching, you know, the GOAT. Sure. And, and so, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that was it. I don't know that that was a thing. But, you know, I wouldn't – look, how much help am I going to give a guy that wants to learn how to cover the Bucks? I mean, I've worked with Greg Allman because I, I see him, you know, as a, uh, as a colleague. And so we do this together. Um, but by the same token, if they told me, hey, here's a young guy, and oh, by the way, in three years, you're not going to be doing this anymore. He is. Right. I don't know that I want to make him a star before I leave. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think sure. it's human nature. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you if you want to continue doing that doing job. Doing what I'm doing, yeah. Which Tom Brady clearly wants to keep playing uh, sure. for a while. We're going to talk more about Belichick and Brady as, as we move closer to the Super Bowl. But Rick, before we go today, I wanted to bring up a couple of other stories. One that has to go back to Sunday's AFC Championship, where the Jacksonville Jaguars, now there's a little bit of a beef about officiating and 
lot of hashtag, you know, the fix was in. I got a bunch of emails about how come I didn't write about how the New England Patriots, I think they had one penalty called against them. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, Jacksonville had several called uh, against them. Um, any, any, uh, anything to this? You think, you think the Jags have a beef here? Well, um, you know, I didn't think they did until I saw the first guy to congratulate uh, Brady was actually the referee. I, well, um, you know what? I'm going to say something about that because you know, you know what? Jo- everybody's making just, a big deal. I, just, but... I know, I know. But everybody's making a big deal about this. And I actually noticed yesterday uh, or during the game when Blake Bortles ran onto the field, the first guy to shake his hand was that same referee, like, hey, good luck or whatever, whatever he says. Yeah, well, you know what that was about. What's that? That that was, you know, like kissing the guy on both cheeks, right? I mean, that was sort of, hey, <laughs> just so you know, glad to see you. You're not going to hey, win this glad one. glad to see you. <laughs> That's right. So the guy over there, so I'm going I'm I'm to I'm bear hug that guy when the clock hits zero. So I'll say hello to you now. Enjoy it, you buddy, because this is the last, yeah. No, yeah, I, but but it was, I don't, I don't think. Look, I mean, here's thing. the thing. I mean, it's a loser's lament. And, and I, and I, you know, were there some calls that I'm sure Jacksonville wish went the other way? Of course. Um, I don't know that they were egregious on some of the interference calls and people were talking about the last play. I didn't see that. But the bottom line is, like, you know, I think there was only one penalty against Jacksonville the entire second half. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, they had the lead seven, you know, 20 to 10. Yeah. So, you know, um, you I know how, much it, how much it helped job. them come back. I don't know. I think in the playoffs, teams swallow the whistle. Uh, yeah, I anyway, do. I, I mean, the officials do, rather. I agree. I agree. And so, and I, and I think we want them to. You know, sure. to some degree. I mean, you don't want to see guys getting held and dragged down on pass rush and, you know, interference everywhere. But I think but I they think... called one holding call on Sunday, and that it was declined. It was a, it was yeah. on a on a sack, and it was on New England, and I think, and and the yeah. penalty was was declined. Yeah. Now, if you want to talk about the Flake Gate or Spy Gate, I'll go all day on that. Whether that <laughs> helped, but I don't, I don't know that the officials really got got. Uh, Got New England in a Super Bowl. This the year. other question I have for you, Rick, because this also came up because they, there was a pass interference call that that greatly benefited New yeah. England. It was near the end of the first half, and I actually thought it was a was a good call. I thought it was interference, but this idea now that maybe the NFL should go to the college rules instead of giving a spot of foul, uh, making interference a spot of the foul penalty, make yeah. it a fifteen yard penalty. That it's it's too much of a benefit for the offense. If you're giving them the ball 35 yards down the field, well, it is a big benefit. The only problem with that is, is that um, if I'm a if I'm an NFL defensive back, I'm going to absolutely interfere on every play because sure. 15 yards is not enough of a penalty to keep me from keeping your guy out of the end zone. And I think right. it would. And you're not. And the referee. It. And they know that the officials aren't going to call every down. Every, that's call right. On every that's play. right. And I think I think what would happen is you'd lose all the explosive plays, and that's what people want to see. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I think, you know, the skill level is different at the college level to where, you know. Um, it's not guaranteed that yeah, the guy's going to make gonna, the throw yeah, and the guy's going to catch yeah. it. So, but, but I think in the NFL, you know, if, if it's a, a hand fight down, down the field, um, your guy's going to catch it more times than not, and he's going to give him a ball he can catch. And if the guy grabs him or tackles him, you know, then that, that that's going to be a 15-yard penalty. I think I think it's – I mean, I, I do understand why people don't like just, well, it could be 55 or 65 yards. I mean, that's just that's too much. But then again, it could be a touchdown if the guy did. The smartest guy I ever saw that, that, I, that I covered was Martin Mayhew. Martin Mayhew had this knack for knowing when the guy was, had a double move on him. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the guy, guy beat him, he would tackle the guy. And he'd get 15 <laughs> yards every time. 
He didn't yeah. get in a position where he had to interfere 40 yards downfield. Right. But, yeah, I, I know it's talked about. And it may come to it one day, but I don't think we're there yet. I just think that they like the idea of, uh, of keeping the field wide open. The last uh, item I wanted to bring up, Rick, and I just saw this uh, as late on uh, Monday night as we're recording this podcast, and that is Bob Costas, who NBA, NBC has the has the game this year. NBC has the Super Bowl, and it was like maybe ten months ago where Bob Costas sort of looked at this game and said, "Okay, this will probably be the last Super Bowl I do because you know it rotates around to the other networks, and he doesn't know if he'll be around in three years." and it was assumed that this would be his last Super Bowl. He's not going to the Olympics. The Olympics actually are get underway. People are, are heading out the next day to go to the Olympics. Mike Tirico will be at the Olympics. And now NBC put out a release on Monday saying, okay, here's our Super Bowl coverage. It'll be hosted by Dan Patrick and Liam Neeson. Well, not Liam Neeson, I was going to say. <laughs> who are Liam, Liam whatever his name is. I will uh, find Li- you. Li- Li- Liam McHugh. And I, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Awesome, man. <laughs> Whatever the gold medal is, I will find you. And then I will time, you. Justin Timberlake. I will find you. <laughs> no, it, so anyway, Liam McHugh. We'll be, we'll be do- no Bob Costas. And now people are starting a conspiracy theory. Rick, remember, was what back in November or whatever, where Bob Costas basically said, look, football causes brain damage. And if you want to <laughs> yeah. play football, it's your own fault. And the league needs to figure this out sooner or later. And, yeah. are you, and so he said back then, connect the dots. Well, I'm connecting the dots here. Rick, this all sounds pretty fishy to me. Right. He went all Benjamin and Miles. Ta-da truth. Ta-da truth. So he did. And now he can't call the games. Call the games. Um, yeah, I mean, look, at some point, Ryan Seacrest replaced Dick Clark on New Year's Eve. I mean, it's just going to happen, but I, I don't, you don't bite the hand that feeds you, do you? I mean, the NFL. I guess not, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, really, you know, they, they can say it's, well, it's this guy's time and he did the games all year and Bob's That's being, what Costa said. I Costa says, well, I don't like, don't, like Lee McHugh and, and, uh, and Tariko been doing the games, so it wouldn't be fair for me to parachute in. And I start thinking, like, wait a minute, you don't do horse racing all year, and all of a sudden you parachute in <laughs> for the Kentucky that's, Derby that's right. last time I checked. So that's why not right. this? But I mean, he clearly would seem like this. I mean, he tried to be the good guy here. I can't imagine it was his decision. You're the biggest star of the network. You're not going to do the Super Bowl. I mean, it hurts, babe. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Bob's <laughs> going to enjoy spring training in Jupiter that week. I guess. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Like I don't know what catchers. Yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do, but you know, it's I, I really do believe the NFL pays attention to everybody's quotes. You know, that's why I'm really careful on Twitter. Um, I want a good not? seat at the Super Bowl, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't want to be in an auxiliary box. Well, you can so. make the argument. Look, the NFL can make the argument, and I like Bob Costas. I, I know him a little bit, and he's always been very helpful to me. Was well, it like that the network's I- decision, though? I mean, I guess, but I mean, what I mean, it was the network's decision that's. To suspend Bill Simmons too for well, comments about true. Roger Goodell, but I, I'm sure Roger Goodell made a phone call. Then, I mean, yeah. you, the NFL could argue like, "Look, Bob, if you don't think the NFL is such a cool thing, and you think why do you want to do it? Sport, why you want to do it anyway? Why you want to be a part of it?" Um, mm-hmm. So I, ma- but again, I, I can't imagine that uh, that NBC. I mean, this was this was supposed to be a swan song, the farewell, you know, the last Super Bowl. I don't know. Just uh, you're right. Don't bite the end of Fiji. I'll be watching. It's too bad. Yeah, yeah, I'll no, watch I it like anyway. Costas. I love Costas. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it anyway as well. So, Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks again to our producer, Steve Versnick. Lots of Super Bowl talk coming up the next couple of weeks. Of course, Rick will be heading up there next uh, next Sunday. 
So mm-hmm. he'll be live from uh, Minneapolis and uh, and have lots to talk about Super Bowl week. So be sure to stick around for all that. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, and you can also find us on Twitter. The uh, show. Uh, has a Twitter handle at Rick Tom Podcast. You can find Rick at NFL Strad, and you can find me at Tom W. Jones. Enjoy your day, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.